Welcome to Your Business, Your Life with Matt DeFrancesco, your personal financial technician. Whether you've had years of success in your business or just starting out, Highlift Financial can help you create a vision for your business, life, and family, and align these for generational wealth. As they say, what happens in your life affects your business. And now, on to the show. Before we jump back in, can you share with us again, Matt, about you, your company, and then we're going to jump into other things. Yeah, sure. So again, uh, it's Matt Francesco. I've been in uh, financial services for the last 16 years. And my focus has been in with the small to mid-sized family business, kind of helping them to navigate all the intricacies of that business. And my particular focus now is in the automotive repair, or automotive collision space. But I work with a number of different family businesses that are out there. So that's why I think this stuff is so important because many times, many family businesses have never really thought beyond what's happening on the day-to-day basis. And these are really critical things because, you know, life throws wrenches to you and you need to be prepared for that to both not only protect yourself, but to protect your family and your business. Awesome. And I know, okay, so we kind of jumped from exit planning to tax minimization a little bit in there, but you you touch on one thing that I absolutely love, which was employee succession. So eminent, our two core values are culture and quality. And we put culture first because we know that that breeds your quality. And it's just like you talked about earlier, when there's something wrong in the business, there's probably something wrong at home. Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing for us. We know that the culture and the happiness of all of our employees is so important to the outcome that they're going to produce for us. So I would much rather them being a happy, healthy family environment before they even get the work done. Right. Because I know if they're in that environment, they're going to get the work done without question. Yes. And so you talked about, you know, succession development. We have on here also employee retention So if it's a good transition, I would love to kind of talk about those two things of how they work into, you know, the business finance life plan that we're going through the assessment. Yeah. You know, it's, and I think you really hit on something that's, that's a kind of a, um, a hot button for me is this idea of culture, creating culture. Mm-hmm. And I think that is, and I just kind of learned this over the years, that is the most important thing for a business owner to be able to do is to develop a culture that allows people to know that they're cared for, mm-hmm. all right, that they're valued, that they'll be listened to, all right, and that they can have some input and buy-in into mm-hmm. the, into the business. And I think, so that's, that's one of the key things that I, I try to do. You know, it's interesting because I, I mentioned about being at my coach, coach Joe's leadership conference. And that's one of the things that we talked about. I told a story about one of my clients who, and collision guys are not readers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> They're typically not. And so I was always talking about these books that I was reading because I'm, I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm a personal development junkie. Yeah. And so finally it was like, I got him to read a book and he like, and, and I can't even remember, it might've been Lencioni's five dysfunctions of a team, or it was one of those books. I can't remember which one uh, might've even been extreme ownership from uh, Jocko Willett. And um, like, it's like, all of a sudden he read this book and he was like, this is phenomenal. So then he started reading another book and then he's like, you know, my guys need to read this book. I'm like, well, no crap. I've been telling you that, you know, and so, but anyway, so then he got his guys to start like, no, you need to read this book. And so they started mm-hmm. reading it. And so, and that, now what they do now, uh, you know, we'll kind of fast forward a little bit. They all read the same book. Mm-hmm. Okay. And every week they get together for their book club and they talk about what they're learning in these books. And so what he's doing it doesn't even realize it is he's developing leaders yeah. right, to lead leaders, to lead leaders, to lead leaders. 
And that's huge from a cultural standpoint. And this is how, again, as how it falls into exit planning is that if you've got a bunch of rock stars that are leaders and know how to read and can, you know, do as what, you know, Jocko Willick calls the downward, pushing down leadership downward. So everybody has accountability for the overall team that becomes very powerful. And that makes your exit planning strategy much simpler. Okay. And it also gives you options because you know what, in some cases we might institute what's called an ESOP, an employee stock option purchase. All right. So that eventually what happens is, is these key employees end up buying the business. Okay. Okay. And Mm -hmm. you could do that in a very tax efficient way. Mm -hmm. So I think culture, what, what first thing it does, it lets people know that they're being listened to and that somebody cares about them. It helps. So then that smooths things over at, at from a family standpoint, because, you know, a lot of guys, a lot of these guys, they have employees that, uh, that they have issues at home. Okay. They're, they're in a pending divorce, uh, uh, has drug problems, okay. Or, uh, be experienced maybe health problems, things like that. And this is causing stress and they're bringing that into work as much as they try not to, they're going to bring it in. And if the owner can, instead of looking and saying, you're not getting your job done, be able to take the guy aside and, and be able to, you know, say something's not right. I can tell. Talk mm-hmm. to me. All right. They know that they care. People don't care what you know until they know that you care. Yeah. And that's, that's powerful. And I think that's really powerful. And then all of this just spills over into your value drivers, increasing the value to business and eventually to exit planning. Yeah. And I would say, I think that's why like, so on our employer retention, like that's like a, a very green light for us right. <laughs> Probably because we have those conversations. Um, one of the things that we do in our company is our, we do one-on-ones with each employee. And at the end we ask them like, do you still want to work here? And if not, how can I help you go to where you want to be? Or how can I help you stay here? Yeah. And we ask them every week and they like, it's so funny. Cause at some point they're just like, yes, I want to work here. <laughs> like before I can even <laughs> ask the question. Right. Um, yeah. And so like, I say like, I, with true confidence, I don't think anybody on our team wants to actively leave the right. company. And that is our goal. And, and, but we're super transparent with, if you ever want to leave, Please tell me and I will help you. Like, I think I'll help you find where you need to be. I think that's huge. I think that's huge because again, yeah, it's not always going to be the best fit. Yeah. It's not always going to work that way. But, you know, but them knowing that just shows again that you care and that you've got their back. And I think that's, you know, that that's vital in any business. And like I said, that's one of the things that I preach a lot is this idea of we need to develop culture within the business. And I've got one of my clients uh, who this is a real issue because the guy's a control freak and it's really, it's actually throwing off our exit planning strategy because he's got a son and a daughter that are in the business. The son just likes doing the mechanical stuff, you know, and mm-hmm. the, the daughter, she's kind of getting trained in the operations, but dad will not let go. And mm-hmm. it's like the ne- the first, the next, the last person who was bitching in his ear is the one that, you know, squeaky wheel gets oil. And mm-hmm. there's an office manager too, has been with him for 30 years. Okay. Mm-hmm. And she's pulling her hair out. I mean, and I'm trying to tell the guy, look, you know, we got to change something here, this culture. All right. Mm-hmm. Cause you're going to, you know, you're going to frustrate your kids to the point where they're going to say, we don't want this thing. This is a nightmare. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then you've got this office manager who's been with you 30 years, who knows the business inside now is basically keeping you afloat. You're going to lose her. Yeah. Culture is, is probably the biggest thing to work on. And um, it's probably the easiest 
if you can get the owner to start buying in on why it's important. Yeah. And just like you talked about control. Yeah. Like even when you hire that first employee, I think that that first employee is the hardest one to give up the control of Yeah, because you've done everything yourself for all these years or months or however long it's been. And all of a sudden now like you need to give a piece away and trust somebody else to do. And it's tough. Like, Oh, that's hard. Even for me, like, you know, at first giving it away and it definitely becomes easier as you go, (laughs) keep adding people in because then it's like each person and then training though, the management to give up the next piece of control. So maybe his daughter was in, you know, a different role where she was customer service based. And now she has to trust somebody else to talk to those customers while she takes over operation. And, you know, it definitely, but it comes down to control is one of the things just kind of being able to give up that control is crucial, but I think it all comes down to trust, trusting your employees and, you know, not being so fearful of those things. Yeah. And, you know, it takes a lot of mindset and reading books, just like you're mentioning is the way to start being able to shift those things and the practices. Right. Right. Yeah. Lencioni uh, in, in five dysfunctions of a team, he did the foundation. He uses a pyramid example, Mm -hmm. but the foundation of that pyramid is trust. And he said one of the biggest, that's usually when there's dysfunction on a team, it's because Mm -hmm. there's no trust. So when there's no trust, then we can't have conflict. Mm-hmm. And, and people think of conflict as something that's a negative, but actually we need to have healthy conflict mm-hmm. to be able to, I mean, think about it in your marriage. I mean, if you, you know, your husband might have one idea about what schooling for, you know, your child, you have a different idea and you guys have to have some conflict to get some resolution to that. Okay. Mm-hmm. But if there's not that foundation of trust, you'll never have that healthy conflict. Yeah. So, and then once you don't have, if you don't have healthy conflict, then nobody's going to hold each other accountable, which, you know, and then the whole thing starts to spiral. So that's really where the foundation comes in is building trust. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it was interesting. I know when I, as I do these family meetings, I had one time where usually just in the first meeting, what I do is I have the founders or the, um, who's ever in charge, give the family story. Okay. Here's how the business started. Here's how I got involved. Yada, yada, yada. People kind of think, well, why would you do that? Because, you know, most of the time the families don't even know the story. And so then we, we start having dialogue about different things and there was some, it, it got ugly. I mean, it was, you know, it was blood and guts and tears and all this stuff. But as we came out of the meeting, I was talking to the wife and she looked at me and she goes, you know what? Thank you for this. She goes, you know, my husband, no, because he he's third generation in the business. Well, actually, second generation, because his dad and his and his uncles started the business, and they never let him have any input like that. And mm. she goes, "Thank you for allowing my kids to have input." Yeah, you know. And again, now we're starting to build that foundation of trust. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's interesting because like one of the, one of the comments this client would always make is that because he wouldn't make decisions on stuff, and his mm-hmm. line was, and he learned this from his uncles and his father, not making a decision is making a decision. But it's funny. I just had like about two weeks ago. I just had a conversation with the son, and he's mm-hmm. like, you know what? That's BS. He goes, because you know what, we're stagnating right now. And so now that's part of the dialogue we'll have at our next meeting is about, okay, you know what, we've learned that this is not an appropriate way to work and what it's doing. It's causing stress on everybody else. You need to start making decisions. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and it's not sometimes we get so worried about making the right decision. I, I remember right, a mentor of mine used to say, don't try to make the right decision, make a decision and then make it the right decision. Definitely. Because that's the worst indecisiveness is yeah. worse than making a wrong decision. Yeah. Because yeah. at least you can grow, you can fail and like try again if you've made a decision, but if you don't, it's what ifs it becomes, it becomes right. the coulds, the shoulds, the what ifs. And so you just can't do it. And having a team that can make decisions, know that their value on their input is crucial. And especially in the sale of business, if that's where you're headed, right? because, you know, who wants to buy a company where everybody doesn't want to talk to each other? <laughs> like, right. Right. Exactly. Getting on a zoom call and having to be together yeah, um, and things like that. A big thing is just kind of the emotional intelligence about behind it, the conflict, because I agree as well. Conflict is very good. And one thing I tell people all the time is I am not empathetic. I do not exceed well in that thing. It just, you know, I don't relate well to others, but I recognize it, but I'm very good with emotional intelligence. And I can admit that like, Hey, I, I don't understand this, but we still need to handle this. Like, so let's move forward. Here's the things. Like I sent an email out last week. I was in the middle of conference, my team, frustrated the heck out of me. They all know they did. (laughs) (laughs) Instead of just letting that frustration build up. No, I I sent them an email. said, this is not okay. This is what's wrong. This is how it needs to get fixed. And at the PS, I said, Hey guys, we're all humans Mm -hmm. and we're all going to make mistakes. Do not let this hold you back from making another mistake. Um, because if, you know, if everything was perfect all the time, we'd be aliens on, not on earth, (laughs) you know, doing all these things that are perfect all the time. And so, but you know, I had to have that conflict so that we can move past it versus just be like, okay, we're done. Like, cause that's what happens when you don't have that conflict or the communication is yes. you just kind of give up on it. But mm-hmm. by being able to have them having those open conversations, that's only going to make your business evaluation better. <laughs> oh, exactly. No, no, no. You're, you're exactly right. It all goes hand in hand. And, and so I'm sure some of the listeners are, are going, what the heck are they talking about? <laughs> Emotional intelligence and and culture and stuff. Reading no, all these well, books. <laughs> this isn't financial stuff. But no, but but see, it all filters together. And that's why, you know, the high idea of your life is your business, your business, your life. It's it's mm-hmm. you know, they all act with each other. And so you know, and like I said, I I'm fine. I remember I I it was the the, the client successful, but he called me one day and he says, Hey, can I get some of your time? And I said, yeah, sure. He goes, can you give me like a morning? Okay. So we go meet this um, coffee shop, the upstairs, and he like an upstairs room. And we go up and the guy just starts spilling his guts. I mean, about his, his marriage is in shambles and feel he's compatible with his wife, how much stress it's causing uh, the kids. He's like, they're in the business. They, they incapable. What am I going to do? And uh, finally he just, you know, and so I'm kind of like, well, oh, crap. So I just started telling him a little bit about my story and we started then working through a lot of this. Mm-hmm. And again, the, but the bottom line was, is I developed enough trust with him that now he could open up with me and now I can help him. And you know what ended up, I mean, a lot of it was I had to get his wife and the kids to, to a counselor. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not a psychologist. I don't do that kind of stuff or a psychiatrist, but we got him to somebody to help to do that. And it, and it helped to resolve a lot of those issues. And, you know, now we can move forward and we're moving forward on this whole planning process now. Because yeah, your family and all mm-hmm. that is so big of an impact. Like that's one thing we're looking at right now is actually getting a therapist 
that's on retainer for the company. Yeah. And this is like, oh, I think it's- you know, a plan for the next year, but that anybody could come in and say, Hey, I need, I need to talk to somebody and not feel like, because we, we have of course opened our door, but at the same time, when right. your boss says, Hey, you can come talk to me about anything. You're still going to be hesitant. <laughs> like, of course. It, just, of it course. is what it is. So as open as we are, you know, and so we want to be able to create that space that they can go and literally just talk to somebody and not have any fear that it will ever come back to us. Right. But to be able to offload some of that, those family burdens with the help of somebody to, to work yes. through those things. Cause you know, all those things play such an important role because you know, say one of our employees was in the middle of a divorce uh-huh. and all of a sudden you're not seeing the podcast. And I'm like, what happened? Where'd it go? Like what's yeah, going yeah. on? And it comes down to, you know, they didn't have the support at home and it's affecting how their work's going. And so right. now everybody's scrambling to get stuff in place. But if they have that conversation ahead of time, you know, it makes it really easy for them to be able to compartmentalize yes. as best as possible and still do their job at top quality while they're working through those things at home, because, you know, as humans, we can only fit so much in our head, whether that's figuring out our finances, figuring out our life or figuring out, you know, how to get the job done. So having, having all those things, whether it's in the family, whether it's your employee retention is so crucial to any business on any level. And it's one of the things like when people ask, like, what can I talk on? I actually say leadership. (laughs) I never say marketing. Right. Because that's more important. Like leading and culture is so much more important than anything else, I think. Oh, make it all better. Yeah, there's there's no doubt about that. And and you know, leadership is where it all comes down to. And too many times either we want to be the leaders, we want to have the Superman shirt on, and but that's not effective leadership. True leadership is teaching leaders to teach leaders to teach leaders to teach leaders, mm-hmm. you know, and that we that we keep doing that. And you know, like in your case, you know, I think one of the things is, and this is where the personality assessments I think really become helpful, is you want to make sure you have the right people in the right seats. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times in a business, they're having a struggle and they can't figure out. And it's like, well, we got this employee, you know, and she's just, she's, you know, maybe she's in the finance department and, but, you know, she's making mistakes and calculations and, and the books aren't always balanced properly. And so after we identify, but they really like her, here's the thing. So they, they mm-hmm. really like the person. She's like, she's a great, she's a wonderful person, but she's just not capable of doing the job. Do I fire her? Well, we do a personality assessment and we find out she's a high eye. She's a people person. So why is she doing finance? She's not a detail person. So let's move her to customer service. All of a sudden the client moves them to customer service. Everything starts going smoothly. And then we find somebody who's detail oriented, move them into finance and boom, guess what? Everything's very, uh, works very smoothly. And that's part of being a leader. I think it's not saying that somebody is incapable, but maybe they're in the wrong spot, which is on me. Mm-hmm which is on me. That's a Jocko Willett in extreme ownership. That's exactly what they talk about is extreme ownership is about, we take the extreme ownership. If something's not going right, it all comes down to the, the, the leader first. Yeah. Okay. And if your leaders are not doing their job, that still falls on you. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I'm definitely going to read that book. I have it on there <laughs> as well as the five. <laughs> yeah. That, that's a great one. That's a really great one. That's yeah. one of the best leadership books I've ever read. Awesome. Well, that's exciting to hear. We'll post any books that you recommend or that I mentioned throughout this uh, for everybody that's listening to be able to go back and read them. And I know we're about to hit the hour, so we'll have to pause okay. here. So anyone that's listening, if you're like, I want to take this survey and I want Matt to go through this with me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
we're going to post a link that you can go directly take this survey and then he'll reach out to you to schedule an appointment because just like you're hearing us go through this right now, you know, he's going to do that with your survey. So you can't just get the survey and be like, oh, okay, I know exactly what I need to do. It it unfortunately doesn't work that way because we're not financial advisors. We are business owners in our own right. And we know what we're doing in our business. And this is what he does in his business every day to help business owners create that plan, whether it's to grow their evaluation, to just, you know, establish all that business. If you're a serial entrepreneur and you want to just do this every five years, he'll help you do that too. Right, yeah, <laughs> um, or yeah. if you're at that stage where you're like, Hey, I'm, I'm ready to X this. Who do I give it to? How do I do it? He can help you with that. So we will put that link in there and I'm going to post my pie chart so you can kind of see what we're going off of and looking at. And if you're on YouTube, you've seen Matt putting up on screens. You can see like all those different pieces. I know we have, you know, probably half of them still to go through. So we (laughs) we will talk again to bring these in. Right. Is there anything else you want to add before kind of jump off for today? No, I think the key is that, and I, I, you hit on this, that it's not something that you do and, and then like, look at the pie chart and say, okay, I know what my priorities are. We have to talk through them. It's just like what we talked about. Okay. Like you're not looking to exit, but exit objectives and, you know, maximum price are two of your higher ones. To me, that doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. So let's talk through this. And what we found was that, no, you're looking at raising the value of the business. Okay. Mm-hmm. So really value drivers is probably a little higher and also your tax uh, minimization. And then we, as we have the conversation, we start to see other areas that we need to work on. So then we can develop an accurate plan. So like, I, I think it's important. This becomes the talking point, but then we need to talk through this to really identify what next steps need to be taken. Exactly. Cause like, we're going to take this evaluation or somebody's going to take this evaluation. And just like I did, I'm looking at how do I minimize my taxes? Right. So I hear the language and we read it a different way and mm-hmm. we're all going to do that. <laughs> it's right. not just yeah, us exactly. that's going to do it. And it's because, you know, we are not financial advisors. We are not in that space of accounting or tax mm-hmm. and all those different things. And so when we read stuff, we're going to all read it in a different way. And, you know, somebody's is going to come back can be perfect how it was supposed to be, but very unlikely everything's going to be skewed just a little bit. And that's where Matt comes in to, right. to take you through these. And there's actually 16, I numbered them because I was like, let me put them in order. So there's 16 right. things that he's going to take you through depending on where you're at on this spectrum. Right. So yeah, so take the survey, reach out to Matt, and he's going to go through this whole plan with you. Right. So, and then we will meet again to go over some of the other ones. Like we hit on the big ones. Like we hit all my big reds. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yes. Yes. We, we got the big reds done. We got a few of the oranges too. So a few oranges. Yeah. We got a few oranges, one of the greens, because I just love employees and leadership and all that side of it. That's right. Um, so some of the ones that we still have to look at is maybe like the income needs. Um, and some of those are for one asset protection, business consideration. So we right. can come back to look at some of those ones. Yeah. But yeah, so thank you so much, Matt, for joining me and being on the Virtual U.S. Financial Advisor podcast. And I hope all of our listeners, whether you're in the automotive industry or any kind of family business, are going to use Matt as their financial quarterback. That's it. There you go. There you go. Right. And, and one, one last thing is even if you, there's no obligation to fill it out and to have that initial call. So don't think that it's like you're going to be committed to anything. It's more just a conversation. So. Awesome. Well, thank you. Well, I hope you now see how important having employee retention plans is 
in the overall plan for both building value and creating an exit plan. So I hope you got something out of that. Join us next week as we're going to cover the remaining topics of family succession, succession development, and also family consideration. So these, again, as we try to create multi-generational wealth, these are important things to think about. So, uh, and again, like I said, we have some really great ways of helping families to achieve the things that they want to achieve in life. So anyway, we'll look forward to seeing you next episode. And just remember as always, every financial plan is different. So if you're interested in the assessment that I've done with Hannah, go to our website, highlifefinancial.com and click on the Let's Talk button. You can get on my calendar. We can schedule 20 to 30 minutes to just chat and see if it's something that's right for you. So with that, I have a great day. God bless. And we'll see you next episode. Hey, I really want to thank you for listening to the Your Business, Your Life podcast. If you want to be notified when new episodes become available, click the subscribe button below. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of High Lift Financial. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investment, legal, or tax advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified professional with any questions you may have regarding your business or personal planning. DeFrancesco Financial Concierge, LLC, DBA, High Lift Financial, is a registered investment advisor. Registration with the United States Securities and Exchange Commission or any state security authority does not imply a certain level of skill or training.